thank you, Father God, oh, Redeemer, Saviour, King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, you make a way when there seems to be no way, Father God. You take what was broken and you restore it back to its original condition. You love like no other. You care like no other. You're a father to the fatherless and you're the lover of our souls. So Jesus, I pray, you speak through me, Lord. Let me only say and do what my Father in heaven tells me to say and do today. In Jesus' name. That little girl that you saw on the screen was so broken. I remember that night lying in my bed. My brother was next to me. He was four at the time and I was 10. And my pillow was saturated with tears. I was curled up in a ball and I remember crying out to God. God, if you're real, please show me now. I need you. What happened in that moment was miraculous. I fell asleep, I had peace that covered me and I felt a sense of love that I had never felt before. At the time I didn't know it was God but I knew it was something. So I woke up and I carried on in my day the next day and the next day and a few days later my cousin comes to my door and she says, Candice, can you hear the music? And so I stick my head out, oh yeah, there's this upbeat Christian music playing, it was funky, I liked it. Um, she said, best part of all mate, Fairy Floss, Popcorn Rides, we're there. So I, I took a hand and we ran to the park and it was actually the inner city high rise in Collingwood, um, which is a low socioeconomic uh, area filled with high drugs, violence and crime. That was the life I knew for my whole childhood. Most of my things were sold for drugs. Nothing was ever mine. I was in and out of foster care. But my God heard my prayer and he is mighty to save. He is the deliverer. He's the restorer of everything that's been lost and broken. And I tell you this from the rawest, realest place that I possibly can because I was in a raw place and I needed a real God. I didn't need another word from somebody to tell me it was all going to be okay when I was lying in someone else's bed and didn't know where I was going to be the next day. I needed a saviour. And I can tell you, he delivered. He delivered. So I go to this program. It was amazing. Um, it was like a carnival atmosphere, rides, popcorn, a big caravan. And they, they put it out like a stage and did a show that was presenting a message of hope. So teaching kids how to live a life that was free from drugs, violence and crime. And there was always a message about Jesus at the end. And so I kept going to this program. Every Saturday, without a fail, they would come, this team, they had yellow t-shirts on that said, hope for the future, written on the back. And I liked that idea. I needed hope. So I kept going to this program. And after a while, I knew that there was something here for me. And Kathy, who was um, leading the program at the time, she was also the associate pastor of the Christian Outreach Church that was doing this program, said, Jesus wants to be your best friend and he loves you. And if you want to receive him into your life today, he's standing here waiting. And my heart began to beat and I looked around at my cousins who were in their hip hop gear, backwards caps, stud pants, without an ass written somewhere. You know, I'm talking like, really homey style stuff. 
And so there I was with the stud pants with no Adidas written, but I just wore a longer T-shirt so nobody could see that part. Um, trying to fit into a world that I didn't belong in. Because inside, I was this sensitive, loving, caring little girl who just wanted to be home with my mum and my dad and my brother. But you know what? When my dad said those words to me, something broke on the inside of me. And I remember saying, God, I'm so broken. I feel like I died inside and I probably had because I'd been through so much leading up to that point. That's a smidgen what you saw in there of what I actually walked through. So at this point, I cry out to God, I respond to the altar call, I look around me and I think, you know what? If I've got to do this on my own, I'm going to do it. If I've got to find something to restore my life, I'm going to do it. Because at the age of 10, I had the mentality of an 18-year-old because of what I'd walked through. I had to provide for myself. I had to look after myself and protect my brother. I was the mother in that situation. And so I knew that I had to find hope so that I could bring it to a lost and hurting generation who needed to know you are not alone. There is hope for you. But I had to find it first for myself. And so Jesus found me. He found me. He was there all along. I just had to respond and say, yes, God, I receive. I receive you, Lord. And so I did. I went up there. I counted the cost and I paid the price. And it didn't matter if I didn't ever get handed a pair of stud pants ever again by my crew. Fine, I'll stand alone in my dress. But I responded. And something happened on the inside of me that I cannot put into words. Something came alive. There was an awakening in my soul. Something in me said, Candace, there's more than this. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to restore your life. There's hope for your future. And I tell you what, the journey had only just begun. I responded to that. A few weeks later, I kept going to this group. The leader had uh, organized a girl's sleepover and come to pick me up from my mother's house, which was across the road from the high-rise building. It was a transitional home. We didn't know how long we could be there for. She comes and she sees that I'm distressed and she says, are you okay? And I said, well, no, my mum just told me that we're going to be homeless because she hasn't been able to pay the bills because the money went on drugs. She didn't say that part, but I knew. I said, I don't know if I'm going to see you again after today because she told me I'm going back to foster care. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to be. But thank you for everything you've done for me. You've really brought something into my life that I can now trust and hold on to. Kathy said, wait there a minute. Get in the car. She went inside. She prayed with my mum. She says to me, pray while you're in the car. Something amazing's about to happen. And so she goes in. My mum's in tears, telling her her story of brokenness. Kathy comes back out. I'm praying in the car with the heart of an innocent child, right? He responds to childlike faith. And I'm crying out, God, help my mum. But you know what? This time I wasn't sad. I was happy because I knew that this was an opportunity for something miraculous to happen in her life. So Kathy comes back out and she says, I prayed with your mum. She's given her heart to Jesus. And you and your brother and your mother are coming to live with my family. Who knows that? 
that's got to be God. That's got to be a woman that's led by the Holy Spirit and obedient to whatever he asks. Because who knows, you don't just go and pick up a crazy family from the inner city high rise and say, come and live with us. But Jesus knew. And his hand has been on my life since I was a little girl. He knew what I was going through and he cared. He knew what I was going through and he was providing a way when it was dark and it seemed like there was no way he was providing a way for me. And then we move in with Kathy. My mum's saved. We're all going to church together. I start uh, planting myself in the house of God and before long I'm alive. This creative, happy, joyful child comes alive in me and I'm writing kids songs that are now on the Christian channel when I'm 10 and 11 because the Holy Spirit has filled me to overflow and this hope that I've found, I've got to tell everyone, I've got to tell you because it's so good, it's so good and I don't know why you'd ever want to live without it. And so I'm alive, I'm running hip hop dance groups for the inner city outreach, giving back to the community that I was saved from, bringing hope to a lost generation of children because I couldn't bear to think that anyone would ever have to suffer the way I did. So this fire started to burn. It was burning in me and I just wanted him and I just wanted his word and I just wanted to be led by him. I didn't, I didn't care anymore that my dad had left me. It was a blessing because I found Jesus and he is the father of all fathers and what he has done for me and my family and given me is miraculous. So what seemed like the end for me was an amazing beginning. And I now look back and say, thank you. Thank you for moving the people out of the way that needed to be moved so that you could restore my life and bring me into a place of wholeness. Thank you, Father. It hurt. My journey has hurt. But you know what? So did Jesus' journey. And he's coming with a hand and he's saying, take my hand. And you might say, but Lord, my hands are scarred. My heart, it hurts. You know what? He's not afraid of pain. Scars in his hands too. Take my hand. Because he cares for you and he's compassionate and merciful and loving and kind. And I've never known a love like I've known these 22 years of traveling in a relationship with Jesus. It's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. And so... He reaches in and he grabs our hand and that's been my journey. Take me by the hand, Candice. When fears come to knock on my door, take me by the hand, Candice. I'll lead you through, Candice. Lean on my word. Don't listen to what this person's saying. What does my word say? You know what? The world said, Candice, there's no hope for your future. But my God said, for I know the plans that I have for you. Plans not to harm you. Plans to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. And he's done that. The world said, Candace, you will never be educated. I was in and out of schools. Maybe I moved three times every year. I mean, totally broke. I was traumatized because I had no attachment to my family. I was hurting and in pain. But God knew that that wasn't going to be the end of my story. He said, see that pain, Candace? I'm going to use it so that you can have the compassion that's in my heart to know how it feels when someone's so broken and hurting. I'm going to be an instrument in the hand of God to say, come on, take my hand. 
Why? Because I'm going to connect your hand to his. I'm going to take your hand and I'm going to connect it to his, the father of all fathers, to restore life. No education, well, education, but broken. I go on, my journey's so long. I end up um, moving to Sydney at 16 because things got really tough at home. I was working in the church office when I was 12 to make some extra cash uh, after school. I was on the worship team in the kids' church, running hip-hop dance teams after church, uh, writing children's songs, singing in the choir, outreach, um, you name it, I was involved. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I was immersed with people of faith, men and women who were saying, come on, Candice, I'm going to take your hand and I'm going to walk you through this with Jesus. And they did. I have had incredible encounters of amazing people along my journey. No one person has ever really stayed from the time I was a baby right through to now. Not one person knows my whole life or has been with me my whole life. But he has. And I can tell you, a life lived with the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. I stand here today, healed, whole, set free, delivered. I have two beautiful children, an amazing man of God, who's my husband, and we live and we move and we have our being in him. Best life ever. I don't stand here today as a, that broken little girl that you, that you heard about on the screen. I'm a woman of God, and I know my God. I don't just know about him, I know him. I don't just know about his love, I know his love. Because he picked me up from this broken place with a love that no one else could love me with. It was unconditional. I was scarred and I was broken and I was bruised. And he took me by the hand and he walked me out. And he continues to do the same. Is life easy today? Is it easy for anyone? But God but the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us. So at 16, I moved to Sydney because my mum had fallen back into heroin addiction. Her partner, who was my brother's dad, had come back on the scene. But I was hiding that. I was hiding that in my heart because I thought it was my job to protect her. So I was still at church doing all of these things, but dying inside thinking, can anybody see me? Am I invisible? I'm hurting. Can anybody see my pain? But Jesus did. And he said, I'm coming to take you out. I'm coming to take you out and through. And so he did. I cried out to God at 16. I said, Lord, I want to finish high school. No one has finished high school in the generation, in my generation, in my family. No one. They've all dropped out. They've all fallen into some form of drugs, violence or crime or brokenness. So I literally plucked out of the mud, set my feet upon a rock, and I live and move and breathe with Jesus. He did that for me. He did that for me. So I moved to Sydney. I move in with some beautiful people and then later move in with the worship pastors of the church. Now, I was used to moving around because transitional living was my life. Kind of got used to that, right? So I'm living with them. I'm studying year 11 and 12. I'm flourishing and doing really well. And then I get a text message. It was my last exam before I graduated and I was so tired. And I hadn't been able to study for this exam because I was just so tired. And this text message said, hi, my angel. I just want to say I love you and goodbye. It's my mum. 
And so fear started to try and creep into my heart because I was in Sydney. She was in Melbourne. And so I just felt, I need to pray because if I go now, I'm going to fail my, my uh, schooling. And the enemy knew that. And so, oh, look over here, Candace. You better go and run. You better go back to Melbourne. Who do you think you are? Who did you think? Did you think you were really going to succeed? Don't forget where you came from, Candace. But I prayed for my mom and I said, Lord, send whoever she needs right now in this moment to speak words of life into her, Father. Lord, I trust you, God. I lean on your understanding and not my own. And Father, I pray from the depths of my heart, save my mom. I couldn't study that night because it was already 2 a.m. by the time I finished praying and everything else. And I was so tired. And I remember the Holy Spirit said to me, Candice, I'm going to give you the answer to that exam. Trust me. So I fell asleep and the next day I went and sat in that exam and it was a 10, like a 10-page essay. I began to write and write and write and write. I didn't know what I was writing, but the Word of God says He will bring those things back to remembrance when we need them. And so it was coming out of me and I'm writing and writing and writing. I'm thinking, I don't even know what I'm writing. God, I hope it's good. Um, get saved in Jesus' name. He's the best. Don't know. <laughs> but... Um, when I got my results back, that exam was my highest marked exam. Highest marked. I'd studied for the others. Well, Cram studied the night before. Still study. Um, that was my highest marking exam. He's faithful. He brought me through. I couldn't do it in my own strength, but he said, Candace, when you're weak, that's when I'm strong. Watch me do this, girl. Watch me take you by the hand. And he did. Another moment in my life. I've had so many supernatural moments like that. Um, I was praying in my bed for my mum as I was studying. God said, Candice, what do you need in order for your heart to heal? Because there was some hurt there. Healing is a journey, right? So healing is a journey, a lifelong journey. But we've got to take him by the hand and let him guide us through by the power of his spirit within us, right? And when we're ready to see things, he'll reveal it to us and bring us through it if we'll take him by the hand and believe that all things are possible with God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Why? Because God said, and his word has the final say in my life. No one else's word but his. And he's never let me down to this day. Anyway, so I'm praying for my mum. Lord, I need to hear my mum say that, by the way, my mum's life was saved. She didn't end it that night, which was amazing. He answered the prayer. Hadn't heard from my mum in about two years. I said, God, I need to hear my mum say that she loves me and that I wasn't the cause of her problems. Because that was weighing on my heart. About 45 minutes later of just sitting and praying and letting the tears flow and the hurt come out, I get a text message. Hi, my angel. Just want to tell you that I love you. And that you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. You've saved my life. And something happened and I felt the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit wash over my body. And I was free from that pain. In a moment. And I saw my mum in a different light. 
And I started to see things the way that he saw things in that situation. Not from a place of hurt, but from a place of love and compassion and mercy and grace. Why? Because he's given me a grace that is unexplainable, that is undeniable, that you will never be able to make sense with your mind. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. So I'm not going to try and understand. I'm just going to believe that what he said is the truth and the truth will set us free. He sets me free every day. Let his word have the final say. I don't know what words have been spoken over you in your life, but I can guarantee we've all had someone say something that's hurt our hearts and made us distrust. And perhaps we see God in that light now because, hey, I thought you were love and you hurt me. So the walls begin to form and we start seeing God through this distant light of perhaps he's not as good as I thought he was. Perhaps his love is not enough. But I've come to tell you today, his love is everything you need. His love is unconditional. It's powerful. Why? Because he is love. He can't be removed from it. He is it. So when the lies come of the enemy to tell you, you're not love. You're not cared for. Oh, my word says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever should believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. My God has the final word in my life. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is why I'm passionate about Jesus. And you'll see me sometimes. And I often think, oh gosh, I must look like a loony. Probably am to a degree, but aren't we all? Um, and I do this. Because he says, Candace, that fear, that sickness, take me by the hand. I've already done it for you. I redeemed you when I went to the cross, girl. It's been paid for. Your life has been paid for. It's been bought with a high price. That tells me your worth and your value is far above rubies or pearls or gold. Don't tell me you're worthless. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Mountain move. Get out of our way. My God says... I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. So I went on in Sydney. I'm studying. I feel to go to, to defer. Uh, sorry, I didn't say this part. So I graduate school with flying colours, high marks. Um, no idea. Must have been God, right? Had to be the Holy Spirit. But he led me and he guided me. But the difference was I surrendered and I trusted him. Even when it hurt, even when I didn't understand, I believed that he was who he said he was and he is who he said he is and the word was God and the word was with God and the word of God is love. You can't be separated from that. So I graduate, I get the mark, the exact mark I needed to get in to study social work at university, which was my passion because a seed was planted the day I got saved and I noticed what was happening to me and the hope I'd found, I looked around at the children and the families that were sitting there so desperately broken. And I said, God, use me, use my life, Father. I believe 
that you can and you will restore a generation back to the true heart of your heart, God. Back to the hearts of the true Father, God. Use me. And so he did. You ever prayed that prayer? God, break me, make me, mold me, shape me. Give me your heart. Show me into the things that are, you know, that are on your heart. He does. My husband often jokes and says to me, if I dropped a coin in your heart, you'd never hear the, the, the splash at the bottom. And I said, when I, when I pray, when I read the love of the Father and his heart for his children, you and I, I can't help but feel it. I can't help but feel his compassion for you. I can't help but see his heart for you. You're precious. You're beautiful. You're special and unique. And there's a calling on your life. You are the answer to somebody's prayer. You're an answer, not a problem. You're an answer to somebody's prayer. I think of the obedience of those beautiful volunteers at, at the outreach program. Had they not been obedient to God, I wouldn't be standing here today. I don't know if I'd be alive. But I went on to university. I studied vocals and worship leading at a Bible college before that. I deferred for a year. Then I felt the Holy Spirit say, it was four years of living in Sydney, go back to Melbourne. I was 20 at the time. Oh, Melbourne, really? My mother's there, I'm pretty sure she's there. I've made friends here. I've, I've got a, a family here that love me. Go back to Melbourne. So I've learnt to hear his voice and to lean in and be obedient, no matter how it looks, no matter how it seems, because I know his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. And when we lean in and just surrender our life, what comes is amazing grace to do those things that were seemingly difficult. So I go back to Melbourne. I move in with a beautiful family who were part of the Stitches team in the church when I first got saved who are now one of my very precious families who have looked after me and cared for me and they're here today. So precious to my heart. And I went back to university, so much happened in between, but I've got no time. So um, went to university and I studied social work and it came to graduation day. There were many challenges along the way, but this is how I fight my battles. I lift up my hands and I praise him. He says he gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And he does. It works. Oh, Candace, I don't know that story. You know, I don't know how it relates to me today. It's worked in my life. I don't stray away from that. No way. So anyway, I go into university and I'm sitting there at the graduation and they call my name. Massive auditorium. I think it was the Etihad Stadium. I mean, I'm this tiny little person in this massive, and it was 40 degrees, so I was sweating like there's no tomorrow. Um, uh, Candace Olsen, so I walk up onto the stage. The guy hands me a certificate and says, Bachelor of Social Work with honours. I'm sorry, <laughs> I think you might have the wrong person. Did you say honours? Honours. Not by might, not by power but by the Spirit of God within us. If we lean into His presence, lean into His heart, lean into who He is in us, all things are possible with God. All things are possible. What do we have to do? He's already done everything on the cross. He went and He took 
everything that needed to be redeemed back from the pit of hell. And he rose again when that stone was rolled away and he said, do not fear. I have overcome the world. All your job to do today is to believe it and receive it. It's a gift. It's not hard when you put your life in the hands of Jesus. By not hard, I don't mean that you don't have hardship in life because we do. He said, in this world, you'll have trials and tribulations. Do not fear, I've overcome it. So I hold on to those truths. I live and move and have my being in the Word of God, in the presence of God. You'll find me, I'll just have random dance parties with my children because I feel the spirit of heaviness coming and I say, get off me. Get off me in Jesus' name. Get off me, I'm free. And it lifts. So I graduate, I get the certificate. I go on to be a youth, children and family case manager, bringing hope back to the lives of broken families, just as God said he was going to do with me. If you had to ask that 10-year-old little girl who was sobbing her heart out saying, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore, God. I'm alone. Never will I leave you nor forsake you. I will not leave you as an orphan, but I will comfort you. I will send the Holy Spirit to be everything you need. What do you need today? Do you need a father? He's a father to the fatherless. Do you need healing? By his stripes we've been healed. Receive it in Jesus' name. Do you need hope? For I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future, to prosper you and not to harm you. I receive that in Jesus' name. We fight our battles and it works so then I I'm in social work I'm doing my thing and start to pray for a family you know when I was going through my journey of healing there was so much pain that I had to work through because who knows that childhood trauma doesn't just vanish it's a process of healing and I allowed him to take me on that journey even though it was hard and it hurt I felt crushed in my spirit. The crushing was part of the process because sometimes we got to let go of everything that we know to find the one that knows everything and is everything and can bring us into a place of wholeness. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God, all things are possible to him who believes. Amen. So I pray, and, and when I was going through those tough times, I saw my family that was to come. My children weren't born, I wasn't married. But I could see them by faith, because the Holy Spirit, since I was a little girl and I gave my life to Him, speaks to me and shows me things and gives me wisdom beyond understanding and words of knowledge, and I see people and I see things. I see His love. I see the potential. I see what He wants to do. I see His heartbeat. I feel it every day. Why? Because I've leaned in. When the world tried to tell me that I would have nothing, I was born into poverty. All of my things were stolen. Nothing was ever mine. I had nothing. In fact, I was probably in a minus nothing because of the abuse that had also occurred. He came and he set my feet upon a rock. 
that I'm coming to take you out. Why? Because I believed. I believed. And I received it by faith. And today I walk by faith. I receive His promises by faith. I don't see it with my eyes. But you know what? The world will scream at you. The world will tell you all the things you're not, what you can't have. Who do you think you are? Don't you know what you did? Let the Word of God scream louder. But my God said. Amen. So, Candice, you'll always be in poverty. You'll always be in lack. Oh, but my God says, He shall supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and life in abundance. And I do. When I was going through that pain, you know, sitting with God before getting up here to speak, and He said, I went through that same experience. But the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross. I had a joy because I could see in faith that my children were going to have a whole and healed mother. I wanted the best for my family to come. I didn't want them to be stuck in the generational curses or the generational patterns that no one else in my family had had the courage to stand up and say, Giant, you're coming down. Not near my family. Couldn't do that on my own. We can't do that on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's everything. It's no longer I, but it's Christ that lives in me. And if he's already done it, I'm going to receive it. You know why? Because if we're going to live this stuff, we're going to say we're Christians. I want it all. I want it all. I want all of the promises. I don't just want to say something really nice that sounds really good and in the moment makes me feel really good, but then I go home and I'm defeated. He won the victory. He's victorious. If we were sitting in a match, a football match, who loves footy? I don't. I'm glad you do. I know you love basketball, Pastor Charles. We know that. I was going to use basketball. I thought not everybody will relate to that. So you're at a football match. It's the grand final. Your game's playing. Your team's playing. The siren goes. The song starts to play. And the crowd's shouting because their team's just won. The championship. We've got the victory, guys. And so the team players are all shouting and hollering and slapping each other's bottoms and whatever else they do, right? And you, you're a follower, but you're sitting in the seat and you're thinking, oh, it's not my victory. I didn't kick the goal. Oh, well, I'm going to go home defeated. I didn't kick the goal. Why should I be celebrating? How many people do that? Not many, if any. Because their victory is my victory. Why? Because I'm a follower. And their victory is my victory, baby. Their goal is my goal. And so I go home and I celebrate. And I crack open some non-alcoholic champagne. There's children in the building. victory is mine and I feel it and I live it and I breathe it and I holler and I scream and I shout and I pray 
That's yours today. Because Jesus went to the cross and he won it all. He said, I've done it. Hey, my followers, children of God, called of God, princess warrior daughters, sons of the most high God, your father over here, your friend, your advocate, your counselor, your intercessor. I won the game, baby. I won the game. Let's celebrate together because it's mine is yours, but yours is mine. It's yours. You've won. And I know sometimes it hurts. And I can't even begin to imagine what some of the people in this room go through. And I know it's hard. Me too. But you've got to know this. God is bigger than it all. He's conquered it all. And you can have the life that he died to give you today. You've just got to say, yep, I'm partaking in that victory. That's mine. And I'm going to walk with my head held high knowing he's won it all for me. Amen. So today, I have a beautiful family. Like I said, my husband's sitting in the front row. His name's David with an E. David with an E. So you'll always know who he is because not many people that are Dave have David with an E at the end. David, David, David. We don't quite know how to pronounce it. Love you though. <laughs> so I've come here with good news, really good news. And I'm going to just share the word with you before we close. Is that okay, Pastor Charles? been praying for you all week. What I'm sharing with you today, I live. You know, God put on my heart one day when I was driving to Blair Gary to see my beautiful friend, Hannah. We're having a girls' night. No children. Hallelujah. Love my children so, so much, but you know. And I said, God, what's on your heart for this year? And he said to me, real, raw, and reverent because there's real problems in this room yeah and we need a real God to come and deliver us out of those things and I've come with good news people family of God beautiful friends you won the victory you might not see it with your natural eyes but I don't live by my circumstances sorry devil I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Because my Bible says that when the word goes forth, it produces what I've set out for it to produce and it never returns void. Even if your circumstances scream at you, well, that I prayed for that and I didn't get that. So how do I believe? Trust Him. Because His perspective is so much greater than ours. And if we let the enemy tie us up in those things where we felt disappointed, well then, we don't live in victory. And guess what? Someone's prayer goes answered, unanswered because you are an answer to someone's prayer. You gotta know, you gotta know who you're fighting. You gotta know who's already won it all and how to apply it to your life to live in victory, amen. So I prayed for you and I cried for you because I felt his heart. Feel it every day. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way. You need to know the way? Is it? You need truth in your life? Is it? You need life? Is it? 
no one comes to the Father except through me, through him. Jesus, Saviour, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Redeemer, Restorer, Deliverer, Provider. Then in verse 12, 14, verse 12, it says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, he who what? Believes. Greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father. Greater works, what's that? That's miracles. I'm not satisfied until I see your miracle. I'm not satisfied until I see the God that I love and serve manifest His promises in your life. I'm not satisfied. Why? Because He's done it in me. I know the power. I know the power that brought Jesus Christ back to life again. It lives in you and I. And I want it all. Because that's His inheritance to the saints. Amen. We're His saints. We are the righteousness of God, not because of anything we have or haven't done, but because of who He is. Amen. Lift up your eyes and see where your help comes from. Not looking at myself anymore. It's not about me anymore. I died when He died. I rose again when He rose again. And today I live in victory. Amen. And so do you. You just got to believe and receive. Amen. If you ask anything in my name, that's according to his will, yeah? I will do it. Whose name? Jesus. When you're broken and hurting, whose name are you going to call? Jesus, help me. Help me, Lord. He says that he's close to the brokenhearted and the crushed in spirit. That's who he came to save. You. Because you're worth it. Because he loves you. I've never known a love like that before and sometimes it can be a nice story until you feel it, live it, breathe it and then you know it's truth, yeah. I pray today that this would not just be something we hear about. Hearing about it and doing the Word are very different things. It produces faith in us to hear it, which is good. We should hear the Word, yeah. But then the Holy Spirit says the power is going to come when you put it into practice in your life by faith. Saved by grace through faith. And I will pray to my Father and He will give you another helper. That He may abide in you forever. Abide to be with. Abide in my love. Abide. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. Do you know him today? Do you know who your saviour is? Do you know who your redeemer is? Do you know who your deliverer is? He's Jesus. Amen. He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. He will never leave you. He's the comforter. Amen. Jesus is saying all of these things because he's trying to give us hope for what he's about to do and why he's about to do it. Because there's a promise for us here. There's some things to grab a hold of here. In verse 26, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said. He has brought things back to my remembrance in 
uncountable, incountable, don't know what that word is, many ways. And I know it was him because I know where I came from. Yeah? I know it. Peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. It's your gift, peace. The past is all understanding, even when my circumstances are screaming at me. I draw on his peace, Lord. Why can I have peace in tribulation? Because I know you're at work when it's dark. The cross showed us that. The second day showed us that. There was weeping and people were, were in despair and afraid. And, but behind the scenes in the spiritual realm, so much more was going on that they couldn't see with their eyes. So when it's dark, my friend, don't think he's forsaken you. He's at work on your behalf. He's setting up everything that you need for your breakthrough. It's just going to take time. Why? Because he needs you and I to be the answer to the prayer. Amen. Amen. 15 verse 9, as the Father loves me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. I love that word abide. Abide. Be in it. Walk in it. Live it. Breathe it. Yes, Dad. These things I'm nearly done. These things I have spoken to you that my joy, my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. That's a promise. So my circumstances are screaming at me. Guess what? My mum and dad are still broken, but yet I have a joy that's deep down in my soul because I know his promises are yes and amen. And I know that he's close to the brokenhearted and I know that their story isn't over yet. I just got to lean in. I just got to walk my walk. Walk your walk, do and say what the Father in heaven tells you to do and say no more, no less. But that person, Candace, when I served in church, they abused me. I get it. But he, if we're listening, what are you telling me to do and say? will never abuse you. Never. He will love you and put you in your destiny so that you can flourish and produce fruit so that others may have a life of joy and love and peace and freedom and wholeness. Amen. Joy. Do you need joy? I do. <laughs> Give me joy, Lord, when my daughter's, you know, going crazy and my son's going crazy and pulling off nutties and, you know, what they do. Give me joy, Lord. Help me find joy. This is my command, that you love one another as I have loved you. He loved us first. You're not seeking his love. You're just receiving it. You know, in life, what do we need? All we need is love. Where is the love? You know, all those songs. Where's the love? Right here, baby. Here's the love, best love I've ever received. And it's for you today. Amen. Final part. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Oh, this is the best part. Because I need a best friend. And I need my best friend to have my back when no one else does. I need my best friend to say, I'm cheering you on, girl. And I'm going to stop anything that tries to come against you to rob you of anything more in your life. I could look at my childhood and everything I've lost, and I could be broken, and I could wallow, and I could say it's not fair because it wasn't. 
but I choose. This day I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Oh, that you might choose life, that you and your descendants, my children, your children's children may live. My children have a different story. My children's children will have a different story. Why? Because I said to that mountain of poverty, of defeat, of despair, of pain, of brokenness, be moved in Jesus' name. Get out of my way. And when fear tried to come at me, and it does, and it did, I had to know what my words said. So I knew how to fight. Get behind me. It's already been won. And every single time, I've known feelings of depression. I've known feelings of hopelessness. But my God has delivered me out of every possible place where it hurt. And pain will still come in life, yeah? I'm not ignorant to that fact. I'm a mother of two. And I'm married. I don't think that was what the Father told me to do and say. Sorry, I repent. But in Him, right? You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Do you want to be a friend of God? Do what He says. Do what He says. You did not choose me. This is 15 verse 16. Sorry, this was actually a change in what I was going to say. So I didn't get a chance to write the scriptures that I wanted to share up on there. If you want to know the reference, please come and ask me. I'm happy to tell you. You have to look for yourself, yeah? You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. Chosen and appointed. That's what my word says. He chose you. You just got to respond and say, yeah, I want to be chosen. Don't tell me there's not one person in this room that doesn't want to be chosen for something. Choose me. Right, choose me, Lord. I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Bear what? Fruit. Fruit. And that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. Whose name are you going to ask? Jesus in your name. Father God, I thank you right now for every person that's in this room, Lord God, that needs to know that there's a hope for their future. That, Lord, every word that you've ever spoken to me has reigned true. And, Lord, I pray that the God of all comfort would come and comfort those who need you right now. What do you need from the Holy Spirit today? Because I'm believing for a miracle. What are you believing for? Want to believe together? Father, you are the God of the supernatural. Do it again, Lord. May the same power that raised Jesus from the dead live and dwell in us, God. May we do greater things than you did on this earth. And my God, you did amazing things on this earth. Incredible, unspeakable things. May our joy be filled to overflow, Lord, as we live and abide in your love. And lastly, when my friend Jordan sent me this, because I just sent him like a picture, right? Just a very basic, sick 
cross and Jesus and his scripture. And he sent this back to me. And tears came in my eyes and my husband laughed. And I love it. You know why I love it? Because that's all I need right there. That's all there. And we have known, known, not know about. And believed, I believe it, Lord. I receive my salvation today. I receive the victory in Jesus' name. The love that God has for us, you and I. God is love. You're looking for love? He is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Today I want to ask you, do you know him? Because I know about a few things, but they don't have any power in my life. Just know about them. Ask me about chemistry, got no idea, couldn't tell you. I don't know. But I know Jesus. I know him. I feel him. I live and I breathe and have my being in him and you can too today in me. Let love lead you home. Because you know where our home is. You know why we're so broken here? Because it was never meant to be this way. But God came and made a way for us to be reconciled to our Father. Receive it today. There's hope for your future. Abundant provision. My home is not a government home. It's a home that we've worked hard. To, to own. Of course, there's a mortgage. doesn't have one if you don't. Hallelujah. One day we won't, in Jesus' name. Our cars are paid outright. I don't live in squalor or debt or sickness, although I had a cough this week. It's gone now. <laughs> I live in victory. Doesn't mean that every day is easy, because it's not. I still do a lot on my own. I raise my children with my husband on my own. I don't have my mum to say, come on, girl. You're a great mum, you got this. This is what I did with you when you were a little girl. And look how you turned out. I don't have that. But you know what? He's been my mother. He's been my father. He's my friend. He's my counsellor. He's walked me through my healing journey and he still does today. And I can tell you, my kids do not go without. I have an amazing marriage, not a perfect one, because the only one who's perfect is Jesus, amen? You weren't born to be perfect. You were born to abide in love. And live and move and have your being in Him, because His perfection covers all. His love covers a multitude of sin. Yeah? In Him. Look to Him. Don't look at yourself. You're never going to have the answers you need. It's in Him. Amen. Pastor Charles, I just want you to know today, there's so much more to my story than what you've seen here. But today I stand in a very different place. I don't let my circumstances dictate to me. I let the Word of God be my foundation. I let the cross have the final say. When I'm weak, He's strong. And he loves you. You were born to live in relationship with God. And he's coming for you today. Take him by the hand. Fight your battles like this. And watch what happens in your life. Bless you.
God is good, isn't He? Why don't we stand just for a moment? We are going to close today very quickly. We're going to sing one final time. But just if we could have the lights down a little bit, I just want everyone to close their eyes if you could for a moment. If you don't come to church regularly, uh, this isn't a religious thing. Why I'm asking everybody in this room to close their eyes right now is I just want there to be privacy. The story we heard today is a journey of one person. But we're all on the journey of life, how different it may be. But I know that every journey finishes in victory when you encounter Jesus. You know, as a 10-year-old, Candace cried out to God. My Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, that's Jesus, will be saved. So with every eye closed across this place, if we could do that and everyone looking down, if there's anybody in this room and this morning you're on your own journey of life and on that journey you have your own brokenness, you have your own pain, you have your own story to one day tell, We are here and we are gathered in this room because we know that everybody that calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. So with every eye closed and every head bowed across this place, if you have never called on the name of Jesus before where you simply are saying in your heart, I believe that you are real and I believe that you can help and save me. If that's you across this place, if every eye is closed, every head is bowed, why you're in a private and safe place, Would you raise your hand just so I could see that you want to call on the name of Jesus? Awesome. You can pop that hand down. Praise God. I see you. Awesome. Hey, as a community of believers now, can we all raise our hands together? We're going to pray. There is a person that is calling on the name of Jesus in this place. I'm just going to pray. That individual that raised your hand, I saw you. I'm going to be waiting at the front. Just after the service, I want you to come and see me. Let's pray together. And then we're going to sing. You know what's amazing is that it's the cross that has the final word. The cross that has the final word. The cross that has the final word. Dear Heavenly Father, right now I thank you for that young lady that raised her hand. Father, right now, I thank you that your love is flooding into that situation. Right now, Lord God, I thank you. Your word says that that if we uh, believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that we will be saved. Right now, Lord God, I thank you. That's the beginning of working out our salvation. Right now, Lord God, I pray that you would enter the heart and life of that young lady. In Jesus' name, let's sing. Yeah. 
Why don't we give Jesus one hand of praise in this place? He is good and now Mark can see me. See that Candace wore out the microphone, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Hey, every uh, lady in this place, I just wanna uh, bring up a slide. The She Thrives That Is Coming, uh, it actually has an early bird uh, registration fee. Sammy, if you could bring that up. Hey, why don't you guys grab out your phones and take a photo of that slide. If you go to that link, uh, you'll be able to register today. I, I, we really wanna believe there's already 45 women that have registered in Bendigo. Uh, that are going to be coming down. I, I believe it's going to be an incredible time uh, together. So we want you. This is Clarissa. She leads our uh, women's department. One of the elders, come and see her. But if you take a photo, go to that link. You'll get the early bird today. Have a blessed Christmas. Enjoy family. Christmas. I'm thinking ahead. I'm vision casting. Now have a great Easter. Enjoy your family. Be grateful. The cross has a final word. Amen. Say.